0: I want you to notice Psalm 134. Look up right after the title, Psalm 134, and probably your Bible will say, A Song of Degrees. How many of you see that in your Bible, A Song of Degrees? Let me tell you what that means. You'll find that in many of the Psalms. It was a big thing to go to the house of the Lord. By the way, it's still a big thing to go to the house of the Lord. I understand our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, but there's still a sense in which this place of assembly is the house of the Lord. Now, yes, you, can, you must be careful that you don't ever worship a location. I understand that. But you have to understand that there is something sacred. When God's people's tithes and offerings go to set aside a place to worship the Lord, and then they serve the Lord in that place, and they pray in that place, and they worship God in that place, that becomes a sacred place. And so there is a sense in which, even though, no, this is not the temple or the synagogue of the Old Testament, there is a sense in which this is the house of the Lord. And it's a great thing, it's a special thing to go to the house of the Lord. When the people of Israel would go to the temple, the house of the Lord in the Old Testament, there were songs that they would sing on their journey. They would sing their way to the house of the Lord. And that's what a song of degrees is. At various parts of their journey, they would sing a different song. There are some songs that as they ascended the steps to the house of the Lord, they would sing a different verse on each of those steps. A Psalm of Degrees. Now, this is a Psalm of Degrees, but there's something different about this one. I want you to listen as I read it to you again. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Now I'm not making this up. This is actual. Not that I ever do make things up, but I'm just letting you know this yeah, it sounds like some pastor made up. It's not. This is this is fact. That this particular song was sung as they left the house of God. As they left the house of God and families and multitudes are leaving and They're looking back and realizing, as I leave, there are people whose job it is to stay behind. Some to guard the house of the Lord. Some to clean it. Some to put things away. But there are people, and the specific group in Israel whose job it was, it was people called the Levites. But as they left the temple, they looked back, and again, with that in mind, listen. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. These are people who realize, hey, we're going home. But these folks are staying. They're staying to, they work here. They keep things together here. Now, they're talking to them when they say, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. I see two blessings there. I see bless the Lord and I see the Lord bless you. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to bring it to your attention this morning, just some thoughts about this. This is so, so wonderful, so great. I want you to notice, first of all, Don't ever forget that somebody has to watch the house of the Lord by night. Now, we don't have night watchmen here, and I don't mean that. But I'm using that phrase, watch it by night, as a metaphor for the fact that there are people seven days a week that are keeping things going here. I really, I'm hesitant to give examples because somebody is going to be so obvious and I'm going to leave them out, but I do need you to Realize there are people, I tell you which job I'm so glad God has not called me to do because I don't have a numbers mind. But that is the people who keep the books here. Now we have an off site accountant who organize who because we don't have any accountants in our church. We have very good bookkeepers, but we have an off site accountant. In fact, this is how off site he's in he is he's in Israel. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's off-site right there. We have a—he's we off-continent. We have an off-site accountant who understands church work, and so he takes what our bookkeepers do, does do, and he organizes it. And then we have a, a CPA in Danbury who takes that information and puts it into accountant and bank language. And uh, the man in Israel can't do that because he's not in America. He's not a an American-certified public accountant. So our CPA here in Danbury takes his information and he prepares it for the bank so that we can give a report to the bank every year. But anyway, I'm so glad that I do not have our bookkeeper's job. Do you understand that by the time you're home, Watching whatever you watch on, on Sunday night or doing whatever you do on Sunday night. There's a crew of people here still, they're still here. They're, they're, uh, preparing deposits and they are, uh, uh, paying bills and they're taking care of those kinds of things, uh, to nine, 10 o'clock on Sunday night. Uh, they're the people who are watching the house of the Lord by night. You understand why you're, many of you are sleeping in on Saturday morning. There's a crew of people here that are getting this, this building clean. And uh, you know what? If they just missed one week, you would look around and go, man, it's dirty. <laughs> it's messy. Now, the reason you never do that is because they're here every Saturday morning to get it span clean for us on Sunday. Praise the Lord. People that are watching the building by night, as I'm here during the week, I've seen time and time again. Somebody just come while I'm in the office. I look out the window and and I see somebody who just came to do one job here. They came to drop something off. They came to fix something that was broken. They came to do some job outside. My father for years has done the grass, and this year I appreciate uh, some of you men have jumped in and helped him to cut the grass out out, outside there and just keep it. And they do it late in the week and and, uh, just keep it so nicely manicured. There are people who are praying. There's people who can't even make it out to church who are praying for God to bless here. There are people who have moved away from our church that still pray for God to bless here. And uh, they, these are people who watch the house of the Lord by night. Not only that, think about the fact if if all if the only time you come is on Sunday morning, you go to Sunday school, you come to the church service, there are people who prepare For Sunday school, they don't just show up. They're prepared to teach when they come. They study their Bibles six days a week so that on the seventh day, I know it's the first day of the week, but on the seventh day out of that week, they can teach the Bible. And the very next day or even Sunday night, they start over again, preparing their Sunday school lesson for next week. They pray for the people in their class every single week. There are people who watch the house of the Lord by night. Just the, as I mentioned, these fellows that sang uh, together today, and that was awesome. That was a blessing. But uh, to come, and and, uh, as I said, I'm not kidding you, uh, at least two different times I came on non-church nights, and they were back there in that classroom preparing the the song for Sunday. And I snuck up on them. I was wanting to hear it, but they caught me, and I didn't get to hear it. That's the first time I heard it right there. The choir, every Sunday night at 5 o'clock, coming And practicing so that you can be blessed on Sunday morning. Don't ever forget that somebody has to watch the house of the Lord by night. So let me say with that in mind and with this psalm in mind, encourage the people who watch the house of the Lord by night. You say, Pastor, I, don't, I can't do that. I don't have the time. I'm just not available. I don't think I have any skills. Uh, I think you're probably wrong about those things. But even if you think I couldn't do that, could I encourage you to encourage the people who watch the house of the Lord by night? Encourage the choir. Encourage the, the, encourage, Brother Steve. It's just, just tremendous. We just don't even realize what a great song leader. We, and I've been to enough churches around the country that have good song leaders. Some have mediocre song leaders. But nobody has a song. I'm telling you, nobody has a song leader to compare to ours. And uh, he doesn't. Amen. Go ahead. That's the truth. And uh, encourage. Well, you just did but uh, encourage them. Re- remember to say, Brother Steve, I couldn't do what you do, but I'm so glad that you do it. Thank you. Encourage the people who watch the house of the Lord by night. If you happen to know who the, who the bookkeepers uh, are, if you happen to know who the deacons are, if, if you happen to know who the cleaning crew is, uh, again, the reason I'm not mentioning names is because I'm going to forget somebody and that's just going to be wrong. But if you know who they are, if you know who the people are who come in the off hours by night... And do a job and get something done. Encourage them. And then I want to remind you, pray for the people who watch the house of the Lord by night. Pray for the deacons. Pray for the financial department. Pray for the -the behind-the-scenes workers. And by the way, I I promise you, nothing just sits here and goes unnoticed. There's a lot of things that we want to do that time and money. I'm, I'm telling you right now, uh, I've been trying for six weeks to get somebody to give me a price for a driveway. I even told one company that, you know, we got the money, bro. You got to just got to give me a price. And, uh, they just, I don't know. Cause if it's cause we're a church or what it is, or maybe it's cause the season is, but they could at least call me back. Couldn't they? Um, but I'm even the driveway. You say, "Wow, look look at those ruts." I know. If you want to bring a truck road or gravel and fill it in, I'll be for it. Just let me know that you're coming. And but anyway, um, but no, we're and and if I can get somebody to to answer me, um, we we'll, we'll have that done for winter. At least part of it. At least the worst parts of it. We'll have uh, asphalt out there by winter. The money's in the bank, just waiting for somebody to uh, help us get that done. But anyway, nothing, nothing is going not done around here because we haven't noticed it. It comes down to money, manpower, and time. And so, uh, but pray for the people who watch the house of the Lord by night. Now I want you to turn the tables a little bit now. Now I want to talk to the church workers from this psalm. Church workers keep the house of the Lord a house of worship, and this is crazy, when nobody else is here. You say, What? Yeah. You want there to be something special about this room? Then if you're here working, you come in here and spend a few minutes to pray. You come in here and take a few minutes just praising the Lord all alone. And here's 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 how we all are because right away our flesh says, but nobody's here. Which means translation we're only doing it to be seen. Nobody's here. Come in here, worship the Lord. He's here. Keep this place. Hey, let's don't ever use this place to take our phones and watch some filth. I'll never forget, man. One time I was putting up, I don't think I've ever told this, but uh, I was putting up a video. And I went to look for the video that, that uh, was something that we had recorded here. In the process of looking for a video, I found somebody who had borrowed the church key and come when I wasn't here and stood right over there using the microphone that I preached from and made a rock video and posted it online. And uh, that's when we got new keys, by the way. But uh, let's keep this place sacred. Keep it sacred. Church workers keep the house of the Lord a house of worship when nobody else is here. And then church leaders. Now, there's not some you know group called church leaders. If you influence other people, you're a leader, which includes just about all of us. You don't have to have a title to be a leader. You can just love the Lord enough to want to set an example. Church leaders set the example in worshiping the Lord when other people are here. Notice it says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Now, look, we're Baptists, so we didn't necessarily grow up in an atmosphere where, we, where it was common to lift our hands, but the Bible says lift your hands. You don't have to do it just you know, like a robot, like, okay, time to lift my hands. No, it's not like that. But there's something about lifting your hands of the Lord that is a humbling of yourself. It's, it's a letting go of yourself. And it's a show of adoration to the Lord. And just in case you're unclear, let me confirm, I'm all for it. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. say, well, Pastor, don't you think sometimes those things can get out of hands? A lot of things can get out of hands. There's not a reason to not do it. Uh, let me be the sheriff of things getting that things out of hand, all right? I, I'm pretty good at handling stuff like that. But let me tell you, we're a long way from lifting your hands in the sanctuary getting out of hand. Let's set the example in worshiping the Lord. Say, well, I'm just not comfortable lifting my hands. Well, how about just singing the song? How about just lifting up your voice? How about just every once in a while for no reason, praise the Lord? Church leaders set the example in worshiping the Lord when other people are here. And then there's this thought. Let's read it again just to refresh our memories. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth, bless thee out of Zion. Hey, let's sing this chorus we sang when we started. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's just take a break and sing that. Ready? Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, let all that is in me bless his holy name. Listen, Christians and especially American Christians, listen, we are spoiled rotten. We have no idea how good we have it. And it's something how, and I said this on the radio a week ago, it's something how some of the people who suffer the most in this life are the first ones to praise the Lord and say how good he is. And some of the people who are, have the most and suffer the least, are the ones that go, you know, if God is so good, how come, how come I can't get a new car this year like I did last year and the year before and the year before and the year before? If God's good, how come I can't get a, good, a new car this year? Number six, everybody work as a team to keep the worship strong in God's house. That ought to be one of our great desires, one of our great hungers. Keep the worship strong right here. Pastor Clark said something at the summit this year that's still ringing in my ears. He said, if, if God fills the house, people will come. If people know that God is here, they will come. Now I'm all for knocking doors and running buses and bringing visitors. and You know I'm all for all of that. But it also matters what people get when they get here. And if we're worshiping the Lord with, with abandon, I'm talking about you just let go and worship God. You praise Him. You sing His praises. You, and not because, um, well, let's see, I don't, I don't know if anything good happened to me this week, so I'm not sure. No, you, you're breathing. You had food to eat today. And you're, you're going to heaven. You're never going to hell. You're a child of God. You've got the Bible. You've got the Spirit of God living inside of you. God knows your name. He loves you. He cares about you. Tell me you've got no reason to praise the Lord. I told my Sunday school class, and I'll say it again. I don't know why I had to tell you that. I'm just repeating myself. I don't need a reason to tell my wife I love her. And she says to me just randomly, I love you, I don't go, why, what did I do? <laughs> I love you, what do you need? <laughs> no. I I, we have a, a relationship where random I love yous flow both ways all the time. Why shouldn't, and by the way, you want to see both ways? Look at this. Verse 1, bless ye the Lord. Verse 3, the Lord uh, which made heaven and earth, bless thee. Both ways. I bless the Lord, he blesses me. We We should have a relationship with God where the praise just flows for no reason. Not, let me see if I can think of anything he did for me this month. Where does that come from? That comes from a secular view of Thanksgiving Day at the table. But that's not the Christian's praise life. The Christian's praise life is, I don't need a reason to praise God. He's God. I love him. He loves me. Praise the Lord. Everybody work as a team to keep the worship strong in God's house. Hey, we got to work hard to keep the the, the bitterness out of here. You get your feelings hurt, as they say down south, swallow it. If you're looking to get your feelings hurt, you'll always find a reason to get your. Forget about that nonsense. Everybody, work as a team to keep the worship strong in God's house. Last thought here, and then I'm going to tell you two stories. We'll be done through worship and prayer. Keep the blessings flowing. What do I mean? Okay, I want to show you something. Verse number one: The people bless the leaders. Verse number two, the leaders bless the Lord. Verse number three, and I'm going to use this. Let me say that. I was going to say church. I'll say congregation. Verse number three, the Lord blesses the congregation because congregation works in the Old Testament and the New. So, verse one, the people bless the leaders. Verse two, the leaders bless the Lord. Verse three, the Lord blesses the congregation. And it's like, you know, it's like the cycle of precipitation, evaporation, Condensation, precipitation, evaporation, condensation. I may have the gestures wrong there, but that's the way it works in my brain um, because I'm not the scientist. Um, We get that, right? It's one of the most basic cycles in all of nature. Let's keep the cycle flowing in the house. We have the cycle of blessings. The people bless the leaders. The leaders bless the Lord. God blesses the congregation. Do you see? That's what's going on in this. Let's read it again. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants. So this is the people leaving the house of God, looking back, realizing there's people standing back there, staying. There some are guarding, some are cleaning, uh, some are preparing for the next time God's people meet. But there's always people standing watch at the house of the Lord. That's what's happening here. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord which by night stand in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth, bless thee. You bless him, he'll bless thee. And this whole cycle will keep going. Bless thee, Adam's eye. Let's sing that chorus again. Blessed be the name. Ready? Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I told you I was going to tell you two stories. The first one's very short, but it goes with that thing of we're spoiled. We really are, we're spoiled. Now, I'm not saying that's we feel guilty. It's so we'll feel grateful and give praise. But Brother Jenkins, I was uh, at his church this week and in between two of the preachers, he was making the point of how spoiled we are as Christians. He said he was preaching in Mexico once, and they were baptizing. And as they baptized, of course, they're doing everything in Spanish. Brother Jenkins, is he, he just preached, and now he's watching them baptize. And he's listening, and every, you know how when I, uh, I baptize, I ask you, do you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again? Have you received Jesus as your Savior? So he's listening to them say to every person who comes for baptism something in Spanish, but he can't understand it. But it doesn't sound like, do you believe Jesus died for you and, you and rose again? It just sounds different. He knows enough Spanish to know it sounds a little different. So after the service, he, he says to the pastor, what is it that you say to the people before they get baptized? He said, "Every single one of them." I said, "Do you believe Jesus died for you, rose and rose again?" Yes, I do. Are you willing to die for Jesus? They live in a place where that's a reality. You can be put to death just for being a Christian in their village. Are you willing to die for? I wonder how many baptisms we'd have every year if I asked that question. <laughs> because he said, if they say no, they don't get baptized. We're spoiled. We've got it good. Let me tell you another very quick story. I'll put this in as small a package as I can. But uh, the, the focus of this meeting that I was at this week wound up being a very meek missionary from Argentina. Now, we have a missionary in Argentina named Brian George and his family. His letters on the back on the wall. I went to school with Brian George, and we have supported him for years. Brian George works for this missionary who is older than him. He works in his church and in his ministries there. This missionary's name is Larry Owens. Larry Owens was, even though he's in Argentina, he was in Gaylord, Michigan this week because on May 31st of this year, Larry Owens' wife, to whom he'd been married for 31 years, was diagnosed with cancer. And by July 13th, she had passed away. He buried her. We were talking about six weeks ago. Brother Jenkins went to college with Larry Owens, and he they support him uh, financially. And so he knew the whole story, and he said, why don't you come to camp meeting and... Uh, Hopefully, we can be a blessing to you. Well, Brother Owens preached the last message of the week. Now, look, we had Brother Doug Fisher, who's just an amazing communicator, preached this week, I think, three times, maybe four. We had um, Pastor Daryl Cox, who's a tremendous preacher. he They've both preached here. Tremendous preacher. This man got up and preached. After both of those men had preached numbers of times, he got up and preached very mild-mannered, very meek. And he just told us about all of the difficulties that they've gone through in Argentina. For one thing, ladies, you will love this. They have parasites. He said, right, he's skinny as a rail. And somebody asked him, we were, we were at a fast food place after the service, and uh, somebody said, how do you say, stay so skinny? He said, well, it's because i got a lot of mouths to feed. And nobody knew that what he meant, he went on to explain, is he's got parasites in him right now, just from drinking the water in Argentina. And uh, it's, 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 a, it's a major factor in his life. So they've lived with, the, and every member of their family has parasites. Not only that, but it's a very violent place. They've lived there 30 years. They have been robbed. Their house has been robbed 15 times. Uh, and when I say robbed, I'm talking about they bring explosives and blow the wall out to get inside the house. One time when the, ch- the church building was robbed, uh, by, uh, was attacked one time during the service with a guy with a machete in his hand. Just went in and started swinging a machete. So they tried to make everybody secure. And they said, call the police. So they called the local police. And the police said, oh, all our cars are out of gas right now. We're sorry. <laughs> He's telling these stories, and every once in a while he'd stop and say, his, his wife's name was Ruth. He said, Ruth, I know it was hard, but it was worth it. Oh, man, I wanted, uh, I wanted to just break down and start bawling, but I do not want to be a spectacle there in the service. <coughs> Excuse me. Ruth, it was worth it. He'd tell a story just about, he said when they first went to Argentina 30 years ago, his his wife, who's from the States, and now she's thousands of miles away from her mother, she would cry every day and say, I want to go home. I want to go home. Finally, the point where he called the mission board, this is 30 years ago, called the mission board and said, I'm sorry, I don't think we're going to be able to stay. We got to go home. And he said it was something about that phone call that brought her to her senses. And he wasn't playing psychology. It just made her realize, wait a minute, this is what I surrendered my life to. And so she stayed for 30 years, raised her kids on the mission field, lived thousands of miles away from, from her mother. And he's preaching. This is the first time he's preached since he buried his wife. And he's telling us on Wednesday night, he's talking to her, Ruth. It was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. Listen, first of all, we are so spoiled, folks. How many people in America this morning who really know the Lord, they are saved, but they didn't go to church because they didn't feel like it? It's such a beautiful day. It's a shame to waste the morning at church. Or I've got this hobby. I know one thing, if that was me, I wouldn't want to be standing anywhere near Brother Mrs. Owens at the judgment seat of Christ. We have no idea the sacrifice people make just to live for the Lord. Could you at least praise him? Could you at least sing his praises every day? Father, I pray that you'd help us.